Welcome, welcome to the introductory episode of my podcast. I've never done this before, so you have to bear with me. Um, I may stumble a little bit on the way, but I'll get it right. I always do. My name is Shegumasha, Ulu Shegumasha in full. And um, I truly believe that I have a message for the world and a podcast will will serve me well and serve you my listeners very well my topic is going to be um, not church as usual not politics as usual yeah that i'm sure that sounds a little bit on unusual by itself yes it's because the subject is unusual i pondered the title actually for a little while um, I, I run it by my wife and my daughter, very smart girl. She's a millennial. And she jabbed it here and there. But I, in my heart, I felt like I needed to settle for not church as usual and not politics as usual. A combination of two statements, more like killing two birds with one stone. I cannot talk politics without talking church. And I cannot talk church without talking politics. It's almost like I'm born to be a politician, but I had to be a preacher first. So this podcast, as you might be already figuring it out, is born out of conviction that politics without morality should never be tolerated again in any society on this planet. Why? Because politics without morality is a recipe for societal disaster. Yes. Yes. I want to repeat that. Politics without morality is a recipe for societal disaster. This is my conviction. And this is the conviction of so many people that I've spoken with. But I have the privilege of sharing this as a theme, as a message, as a subject to the world. I hope you'll join me. I hope you'll support me. I hope you'll pray for me because politics without morality is a recipe for societal disaster. But how did I get here? That's the million dollar question because if I, if I trace, if I try to trace how I got here, it will take the whole year for me to explain and express and share my experience. But I do remember two key incidents amongst many that got me to this realization. First, the Lord Jesus Christ called me to a ministry that is beyond the church walls. Yes, not church as usual, he said to me. This was in 1997, and I was a young minister. I was already ordained, and I was serving under a ministry, and God was birthing something on the inside of me, some, something that is, 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 I now know is way bigger than myself, way bigger than my own needs and my personal aspirations. So first of all, not church as usual 
was a word given to me by the Lord. Secondly, I was in Orlando, Florida with my wife and children for a week long. And um, we attended a conference of apostles. I've forgotten the exact theme of that conference, but it was conference of apostles in Orlando, Florida in 2001. On the last day of the conference, I was on my way out of the building when the host apostle, Apostle Matthews, called my name and spoke to me loudly, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Apostle Masha, thus saith the Lord. And I turned back to hear what he was going to say. He just said one, made one statement, don't be Americanized, don't be Americanized. The Lord said, don't be Americanized. He repeated this phrase three times and he walked away. I pondered it, I pondered it, I pondered, don't be Americanized. I understood it because at that time, um, my mind as a minister was being shaped. I had to think like heaven. I had to see things through God's eyes or see it through man's eyes. I had to think like man or think like a godly man. I had those two choices and I was struggling, if you will, and that word came. Well, those words and many others, like I said, have shaped my life and work and my mindset and belief as a child of God till now. So I announce to you that God has called me to a life of morality. What not that ironic that God will call a man that was immoral to a life of morality and not just for himself, but to now share that word, that belief with many others. I hope that you will um, appreciate this message and like it as we go on. Yes, God has called me to a life of church without walls. Yes, to a path of not church as usual. It is that path of not church as usual that led me to the point of not politics as usual. The path of no church as usual, no more church as usual, led me, led me to the point of no more politics without morality. And that is the subject of this podcast. No more politics without morality. Church as usual and politics as usual are no longer acceptable to me. And I know in relating to many others, it's no longer acceptable to many others. But I have the privilege of birthing this message through this podcast. And on this program, you will hear many themes. Themes such as no more church as usual, no more politics as usual, no more church without morality, no more politics without morality, no more leadership without morality in the church or in government, no more leadership without character. Character, yes, that's the key issue. On this program, we're going to advocate 
for character, for integrity in the social, economic, and political, even religious arenas to make character, morality, that is, a major requirement in our polity as we nominate, elect, and or appoint people for public office. From this moment onwards, I declare to you now then that character, which is integrity, honesty, decency, ethics, godliness, and so on and so forth, will now be required of church leaders and political leaders, government appointees, elected or appointed officials, anyone who will lead us, anyone who will uh, take the baton and the responsibility of leading us in the social, economic, political, and religious arena ought to be a person of moral character, of integrity, honesty. He must be a decent person. He must be an ethical person because without all those elements, our society will continue to head down the lane of disaster. Your yes must be a simple yes and your no a simple no. Your communication with us, you politicians and you church leaders, must be truthful, straightforward and sincere. You must mean what you say to us and only say what you mean so that we can hold you accountable and judge you by your word as it relates to your action. This is the basic foundation of morality. Matthew 5 verse 37. Just let your yes be a simple yes and your no a simple no. Anything more than this has its origin in evil. This is what this podcast will be about. Among many other things, holding the church and church leaders accountable, holding government morally accountable, and offering trainings and advocacy advocacy and support in regards to this very important subject. So the subject here again is the core of the subject of this post of my podcast will be morality. It's time to espouse morality in the church and in government. Yes, you can separate church and state all you want, but you will no longer separate morality from government. We're going to insist and we're going to espouse it as a requirement, as a character requirement to elect, to nominate, to appoint anyone to lead us, to run our economy, to run, to, to, to manage our money, manage our resources, socially, economically, politically, material, and human resources. These are sacred resources that God has given to us. Why would we continue to allow people who are not good stewards, good stewards to manage our lives, to manage our economies? So morality will be a big, 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 big requirement henceforth. So the subject here again is morality. It's time to espouse morality in the church and in governments. 
It's time to vote morality, people. You can be a member of one party or the other, but it's time to vote morality. It's time to vote in people who are moral and vote out people who are immoral, period. Morality is synonymous with character, with honesty, sincerity, and integrity. Who in the world will not vote for honest people? Who in the world will not vote for sincerity? Who in the world will not vote for integrity? Of course, it will be people who do not believe in honesty, who do not believe in sincerity, and who do not believe in integrity. Well, hopefully, after listening to my podcast, maybe they will begin to believe. We can make believers out of them. I believe. Yes, the church is called to be a light to the world. So is the government. Mm-hmm. The church is not the building. The church is the people. And the government is not the building. The government is the people. The church leaders are not the buildings. They are individuals appointed to lead the people. So is the government. They are not buildings, they are people. If we require morality in the church, we must require morality in government in a very practical way. Yes, we have to be not only pragmatic, but also idealistic. We must be practical and moral at the same time. Morality is a universal language, a language that everyone should be speaking right now. Yes, in the face of COVID-19, in the face of social, economic, and political crisis, in in the face of Black Lives Matter, in the face of police brutality, in the face of so many things going on in our society. I live in the United States of America. A lot is going on right now in the US. I've never seen a nation more polarized, more divided than America. Yes, in the face of division, morality should bind us together. In the face of political division, in the face of of so many things dividing us, morality should be a uniter. I myself did not know this until the good God called me to it. God has called us to a life of morality and I have come to the conclusion that we cannot effectively lead the church or the government without being moral. Governance is sacred. Therefore, sacred and moral are one. They are simply inseparable. I'm going into politics, yes, by the grace of God. And I know that I cannot be a truthful and effective politician without being first a moral person, decent, ethical, honest, principled, yes, and honorable. I notice that we call our politicians honorable even when they do dishonorable things. I don't understand that and I've 
promised myself that I will not call any politician, any public office holder, any church leader, honorable, unless they live honorable life, unless they live lives that can be regarded as moral, principled, honest, decent, ethical. Yes, you do not deserve to be called honorable if you are not honorable, if you live dishonorably. Yes, so I will not call you honorable, honorable minister. I will only call you by your name. Yes, if you can live with that, I'll appreciate it. If you cannot live with it, then do honorable things. I cannot live morally. I cannot live morally and do everything that I can to espouse morality and then be led by immoral leaders who will now do whatever they want and whatever they choose to do over me and over my family and over my community. That is no longer tolerable for me. I cannot leave morality behind and go out in pursuit of political success. It will not work. It doesn't work. It will not work. Why? Because I have said it again. I will say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Because politics without morality is a recipe for societal disaster. And the proof? Oh yeah. The proof of that is the Nigeria, the Africa, the United States, and the world as we have today. Societal crisis everywhere. Unemployment, impoverishment, bribery, corruption, crime, even international crime, capital flights, economic instability, insurgency, mm, Boko Haram, and Fulani herdsmen, kidnapping of hundreds of helpless girls and slaughtering of innocent people, mm -hmm. human trafficking, brain drain, to mention but a few. These are all part of the manifestation of immorality. Mm -hmm. Immorality is sin, depravity, wickedness, decadence in our society. Immoral or immorality is synonymous with lawlessness, disorder, chaos, as we see it in many nations manifesting in Africa, specifically even for the last 50 years, for as long as I've been alive. So we need a new paradigm, a new mindset, a new society, Yes, and to have a new society that we desire and deserve, we need a new mindset. We need that mind shift and a new heart, a new paradigm that integrates morality with politics, that integrates morality with service, that integrates morality with what we do on a daily basis. Why is this important? Because morality plus politics is a win-win combination. 
Mm -hmm. I'll repeat that. Because politics plus morality is a win-win combination. It is politics without morality that has made Africa an open target for economic and political exploitation, oppression, subjugation, suppression, and so on and so forth. Politics and morality is a win-win combination. With that, everybody wins. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. That brings us to a Bible verse, Proverbs 29 verse 2. Why should we espouse morality? Proverbs 29 verse 2 says, When moral people are in authority, the people rejoice. When moral individuals, when moral leaders take the baton to lead a nation, the people rejoice. But when the wicked, when the immoral beareth rule, the people mourn. Why? Because of what they do. And I'm not talking about superficial, insincere, shallow, deceitful, two-faced, double-dealing kind of morality that is based on faulty and unfair discretions of the sinful man. No, I'm talking about biblical morality because that is the only standard that carries considerable weight with human beings. Once you involve God, once you involve the Bible, there is a sacredness that comes to the situation, a sacredness that has been missing for so long. Therefore, I say to you, only biblical morality has the power to convince the heart and to convict the heart and convince a person of his error and sinfulness. Only biblical morality has the power to change a corrupt heart and renew a depraved mind. I'm a living testimony to that. And since we are all, this is interesting, as we, since we are all natural born sinners, we need the power of the living word of God to transform our lives, to turn us from godly to ungodly, I'm sorry, to turn us from godly, from ungodly to godly, from sinful to sin-free, from lack of integrity to full of integrity, from bribery and corruption to uprightness and nobility. For a true believer, morality is not an option or discretionary. No, it is mandatory. The Ten Commandments are God's moral laws and they are non-negotiable. They are to be obeyed. As you obey them, you protect yourself and protect others from harm and abuse. Harm and abuse socially, economically, politically, and religiously. Think about it this way. If you are a Bible-believing, Holy Spirit, God-fearing, commandment obeying, people caring, child of God, and you believe in holiness and righteousness, you are constantly, and you are constantly making efforts to live a moral life, 
And you are determined to live right before God and man. You are determined to raise a decent family, to positively influence your community, and contribute to the growth and development of humanity. And you don't believe that you have to steal from the people to become wealthy. But your efforts are constantly being stifled and frustrated and undermined by your leaders who are ungodly, who are immoral, who are corrupt through their activities and corrupt practices. Such leaders undermine your efforts to live happily ever after in your country and you have to find solace in another country you have to move you have to do this you have to do that because you are uncomfortable with what's going on in your own nation in that case what should you do should you just sit down arms folded and allow the situation to continue so that you and your children and generations after you can live and die in poverty Mm -mm. only a fool will be doing the wrong thing and supposing the right thing will come out at the end when will you and i say enough is enough i can go on because this is important because this is very important and so even if you say well you are not you are not a you don't consider yourself as a moral person so you don't want to judge others i'm not asking you to judge anybody i'm asking you to embrace what works for everybody i'm asking you to embrace a win-win situation and a win-win combination of politics and morality mm. and so what we have in the world society today is a situation where corrupt politicians who instead of serving are lording it over their people government workers and political appointees are exercising undue authority in the land stealing killing and destroying our lives and all we do is complain on social media to add insults to the injury you then have to address them as honorable with this, honorable with that. What sense does that make? Don't you think enough is enough? Please tell me, what sense does it make for the godly to continue to lord it over the ungodly? For the ungodly to continue to lord it over the godly? What sense does it make for the godly to continue to support ungodly governance? What sense does it make for the righteous to continue to vote for politicians who do nothing but foster poverty and injustice? What sense does it make to keep voting for those who cut away your natural resources, both capital and human, wasting and mismanaging them, fostering impoverishment and disenfranchisement? What? Don't you think this should stop? When will enough be enough for you? When will you stop recycling corrupt politicians year in, year out into your polity? Don't you have any moral people who can represent you in your society? 
socially, economically, and politically, even religiously. Why do we keep voting for and electing those who are not moral, who are not morally fit to lead us? Why? Don't we deserve moral leadership? Pause. Let me pause for a second and ask you this question. Do you think we deserve moral leadership or a leadership that is moral? I think we do. I think we more than deserve it. I do believe it's the will of God for our lives. At this point, I want to encourage you to ponder on the little that I've spoken and what I've said so far. I will continue in my next episode. But as I leave you, I want to leave you with this word. Politics without morality is a recipe for societal disaster. And that's what we have on our laps right now. It must stop. <laughs>